0: this week's episode of juicing the big screen your movies review and discussion podcast i am one of your critiques joshua Cur- tracy i fucked up my own name
1: um corwin heller surprisingly i didn't
0: yeah i hit that that hard c sound too hard and like carried over into to my name um
1: yeah you say the hard c a lot
0: do i oh.
1: uh it's a question
0: it's like, what word says hard C? car no, I don't think I do. I don't think I don't think the uh, hard C is a big part of my vernacular.
1: I was referring to the word uh, cunt, but you know, hard C.
0: Oh, that's a hearty C. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wow. Anywho, we're here to talk about the 1971 film leman and the 2021 *Lamont* in the Heights. Uh, Corwin Heller, where do you want to start?
1: Um. Let's start with Lamont, because uh, I watched that most recently and I feel like we'll have less to talk about.
0: Alright. Uh, so Le Mans came out in 1971. It was directed by Lee H. Katzen written by Harry Kiner, Kleiner. Uh, it stars Steve McQueen, Siegfried Rauch and Elga Anderson. Um, this film had an estimated budget of $7.5 million and a cumulative worldwide or at least a box office I should say of 5.5 million dollars I don't have a cumulative worldwide gross so no telling the final financial figures on this film that was a lot of F sounds uh, the tagline for this movie is awful it is Steve McQueen takes you for a drive in the country the country is France the drive is at 200 miles per hour
1: um, sure okay
0: quite bad it,
1: there's been so many that are worse
0: it's yeah you're right um them being bad is not the norm or sorry them being good is not the norm them being the bad is quite
1: quite right. usual right, right right
0: uh this one has no major award nominations nor wins it is about um almost at the verge of documentary the film depicts a single auto race from the ground up corwin heller this was your pick tell me about it
1: Um, I picked this because I saw a promo, not even a promo pic, just a a shot of Steve McQueen wearing a racing suit and was like, oh, I want to see Steve McQueen in a racing movie. I wonder what that could be. Uh, knew nothing about it. Of course, knew of Le Mans, um, but didn't know anything about the film. Uh, that being said, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I can't say that there was much going on. Um. It's definitely a film that adheres to uh, Show Don't Tell. Um, not a ton of either, but it really was just kind of a hey, we're going to spend the first 20 minutes setting the scene for both the history, the stakes, you know, what is Lamont? Um, you know, the danger, the thrill of this, just the the scale, the size, um, you know, the seriousness of what this race means to so many people um, and the dangers that's involved. And then here's our main character. Here's his rival. They're going to have a race. It's Ferrari versus Porsche. Let's see what happens. Everything else outside of the race itself, I don't really give a shit about like the quote-unquote romance aspect that's just it's so hard to even call it a part of this movie because it's so lightly touched on um but it's just like really enjoyable just to sit down watch an auto race and just be like yeah this is this is a dad movie i'm just gonna watch steve mcqueen race fast cars around a course for 24 street hours um and that's really all i have for this movie just like I'm sure we'll dive into little things, but like as a whole, it's there's not much to say.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, this this movie is nothing but a visual representation of the hubris of Steve McQueen. This is not a movie. This is a thin veneer at art. Um, and I think this is the, my least favorite thing we've ever watched on this podcast.
1: Really, this I knew you were not going to like it because offensive. of how little narrative there is.
0: What? Like, no, not little narrative. There's no narrative to this.
1: You can't. This film. No this film narrative.
0: supposes nothing. This film supposes absolutely nothing.
1: All right. Now you're just. I. I know because of who I am and how I normally speak. Now you're just choosing to speak in hyperbole.
0: No. I, I'm being completely sincere. This film has nothing to say and says it for almost two hours.
1: Josh, we watch Mortal Kombat on this show. That doesn't have anything to say either.
0: No, it does not. At the same time, that movie's not trying to say anything. I don't think that movie's trying either. to be. But what is it trying to accomplish? Like Mortal Kombat had a clear goal as a film, it was there Which- to be stupid and entertaining. Whether it accomplished that. would be
1: exciting and entertaining. How? It's an auto race. You're just watching an auto race from perspective that you normally wouldn't for a normal Le Mans or Formula One race. It's just a next step above actually just watching a race yourself.
0: But it's a step below an actual documentary about it, which would have narrative structure and conversations with people and, and an expansion upon the meaning of and the significance of any of the moments. This is the worst in-between for a film and a documentary I think could possibly be conceived. Because you're right. If this was that, what you just described, a different vantage point on the race of the Le Mans, race and culture, this type of shit, I'd be down with that. This doesn't actually offer any of that. The first 37 minutes of this movie are, are silent. There's no dialogue. Yeah. How can this movie be saying anything about this race when no one's even saying anything?
1: Because they're building it up. It's the show don't tell. It's they're showing the pieces. They're showing Ferrari, the Ferrari team. They're showing the Porsche team. They're showing the drivers preparing. They're the showing first 37 minutes of this movie of is a car in.
0: show. Yeah. That's not a movie, Corwin.
1: It is because it's a hour and 48 minute featurette. And that's what it is. It doesn't need to be Citizen Kane. It doesn't need to be Pulp Fiction. It doesn't need to have this overarching meaning about man versus machine or man versus man. It's just, this is Le Mans with Steve McQueen as a driver. And you're just watching Le Mans. Like, it's not trying to do anything crazy. It's not trying to send a message. It's not trying to do anything other than saying, hey, I want to kind of have a auto race, that we film and give really cool perspective on and just that's really it we just go a little bit deeper than what is reality but we're not trying to show people you know the ins and outs of what it takes to drive at Le Mans we're not trying to show you know this you know overarching storyline that you would still have in a documentary we're just showing a race it's not highbrow it's not lowbrow it's just what it is and it's just it's fun to watch if you're into auto racing
0: this is nothing more than andy warhol's 1964 film empire they are the same they are the uh, same thing
1: okay i've never seen it i don't know what it is but it's an
0: eight hour film in which andy warhol Uh, just pointed a camera at the empire state building and let the camera run until it, like didn't and then that's the movie okay. it, it's, it's a still image of the Empire State Building for 8 hours
1: okay it's like not that even close but sure you just didn't like it that's fine
0: didn't like Corn. there's nothing here there's nothing here
1: It. it's like you're expecting this to be some this like movie actual like metaphysical piece with some no very, I'm not asking for that I'm asking like, for what? anything It does, it's exactly what it is It's exactly what it is. It doesn't need to be anything else other than it is. Like, this isn't something where, you know, like Mortal Kombat, where it's just meant to be stupid fun, but it's so over the top. It detracts that enjoyment from it. It's just saying, hey, here's an auto race. If you didn't know this was a movie, you really wouldn't be missing anything. If you thought this was just an auto race, you would just get that. It's what it is.
0: Some movies we talk about feel as though they're based on books. Some films we talk about feel like they're based on plays. This movie feels like it was based on a car of the month calendar.
1: You are just, you are so pretentious. Sometimes it drives
0: How am I pretentious?
1: Because you just, you won't accept it for what it is because it's not something that you're into outside of film.
0: That's, but see, I, I disagree. I've enjoyed many racing films. As someone who absolutely does not give a fuck about cars, I have a, I have joined, I have enjoyed many racing films because they have something to present to you. Whether they're they're as goofy as
1: what you want and what you like, not what guys who just want to watch auto racing want to watch.
0: But right, but that's what I'm trying to say. There's nothing actually here outside of visuals of cars. Yeah, which is this is. but, but again, that, but that's not a movie, Corwin. Like, we're here to talk about what, What's your definition of a movie, then? Something that has something to say about anything, whether it's serious or not serious in nature. This is essentially Steve McQueen wanting to be in a car a lot and then make that into a movie. Steve McQueen literally fired the first director of this film because he wanted to add a story to it, and Steve McQueen didn't want a story that is the real history of this movie
1: which is fine i think this turned out exactly what it needed to be and it doesn't need to be anything else because it's just an easy sunday afternoon watch which is exactly what it was for me today
0: oh it's an easy watch because you don't have to watch it to understand what happened whatever you literally don't have to watch this movie and you will know exactly what happened in this movie
1: (laughs) whatever whatever dude whatever
0: whatever man
1: it was enjoyable. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. I thought I had a, enough suspense where at the end it's like, oh, it doesn't matter because that's the way it is. I thought there was enough of a message where I got by and I was content and I was happy. And that was fine because, you know, I can accept it.
0: All right, man. Uh, I guess let's wrap it on up out of this one. Uh, unless you have anything else for it.
1: No, not really. I All like right, Steven give me—he was good in it. He he had very good eye movement when he was driving. That was great. Fuck
0: you. <laughs> All right, give me give me a number of stars you're assigning this thing. It's a
1: three. It's a solid three. <laughs> it's enjoyable.
0: Oh my god. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm I'm giving this a one. We're moving on. Okay. Uh, hey, just
1: remember, just remember, I gave Ikaru a zero. And this movie, a three.
0: All right. You know what? Actually, since, yeah, I'll give this a zero, too. Um, <laughs> there was a movie that came out recently about Lamont, though, that I can't remember the name of with Christian Bale in it. What am I thinking of?
1: Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. I fucking hated that movie. That you was, did? That was drivel. Oh, I hated it.
0: Really? Why'd you hate it?
1: I just I hated just how forced everything felt in that film. Nothing felt natural in any capacity.
0: Oh, well, I'll agree with that. Yeah, it
1: it just I was so angry watching it because of how much I hated everyone in it.
0: Very heavy handed. It was
1: it was very heavy handed and it was so clearly made for the lowest common denominator. Just we want to make a movie that every single demographic will like. And I hate that.
0: I enjoyed it because it made me interested in the racing and the way the cars function and all that type of shit, which is stuff I usually don't care about, but narratively and story wise, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So let's, let's move on over to 2021s One's in the Heights. This just came out, uh, last week, week and a half, two weeks ago I'm pick a number. I don't really give a shit. Um, seven, that works. Uh, it's directed by John M. Chu. Uh, the writing credits are as such the screenplay is by Chiara. alegria Hudes. uh, the musical stage play and book are also by Chiara. alegria Hudes. um, the concept, the musical stage play and the lyrics are by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, it stars Anthony Ramos, Corey Hawkins, and Leslie Grace. Uh, this film had an estimated budget of ooh, $55 million. and uh, It currently has a cumulative worldwide gross of $21.7 million, which makes this, as it stands from what we see, not a success. However, it's still new because it's only been out for like a week and a half um, and it's a streaming movie uh, you can see it in theaters but it's also on HBO Max mm. so um, how I watched it that's how I watched it why pay for it if you do not have to mm. um, the tagline ugh, uh, the tagline is turn up the volume on your dreams
1: <laughs> I fucking hate. Oh, that is our worst one yet because that's so I hate bad. it I hate it I hate it. And also,
0: like, it's something you'd expect out of, like, a Disney Channel movie from, like, 2006 and not a major motion picture that came out this week. (laughs) Wow, that's so bad. Anyway, um, this one has no major awards, nominations, or wins because it it just came out. Um, And it is a film version of the Broadway musical in which Usnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner, saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life. Uh, this was my movie, so I'll get started. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't give a shit. Um, man, it is all over the place as a movie. Every character has something going on, and so little progress actually happens in, in any individual storyline that it's tough to stay overly invested in any one person. Everyone's problems take one step forward basically. Some, t- some people have two. Um, and that meets resolution. But there's like six characters that all have that. So it fills out time-wise, two and a half hours, um, which is parsed down. That was from- two and a half hours? Yes, it was. Oh. Um which is of course parsed down because Broadway productions for anyone who ever hasn't actually gone to a Broadway show or whatever your local theater is running. It's not specific to Broadway musicals in general, are typically three and a half hours long. It's just how it is. Um, So there's some stuff that obviously gets cut out to make it a more standard runtime for a theatrical release. But at the same time, I mean, you know, it's not that it's tough to connect with anybody. It's, I think, rather easy to, if not connect, then to at least understand the viewpoint and the hangups uh, that these characters are experiencing, the problems and dilemmas that they're facing. Um, but it, it doesn't get beyond surface level on anybody. And that makes it a real challenge to actually find any significant levels of connection. It's like someone told someone about a bunch of things, people in a standard group of people in the Heights, again, a reference to um, Washington Heights, uh, as you would hear sung throughout the musical uh, just kind of like told a person a bunch of things, people in the Heights experience. And that person did no further research and then wrote this um, the music itself is 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 it's good. It's it's good music. It's fun music. It has a, a lot of Latin flair, which I think is to be expected from this. And if that's what you were looking for, which is what I was looking for, it's certainly delivered on it. Uh, the dancing is fun. I think a lot of the characters are fun, but you can only get by on vibes so far. And I I do not think that this one vibed out far enough. Um, Corbin Heller, what did you think?
1: Um. For it being, you know, more of this wonderful musical theater, uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. That's not a high bar. Um, but I will agree with you. Uh, just the overall, you know, sympathies towards this were just... I don't really care. Um, I didn't actively dislike it like I thought I was going to. Like, the music was genuinely not that bad. Um but yes, you can understand where a lot of the characters are coming from and, and, you know, you can, you know, feel, you know, their emotions and you can understand them and you can, you know, sympathize with them to some degree, but at no point did I ever really care about any of these characters and really give a shit about the decisions that led them to where they ended up. Like if they all disappeared and nobody lived happily ever after and, and this was all just a dream whatever you know bullshit way it could have ended I, I, don't, I don't think i would have cared much at all if you're into this kind of movie watch it you'll enjoy it if you're not it's not worth your time
0: yeah i i mean you know a lot of the problems are stuff like uh one of the characters i'm bad with names one of the characters uh wants to be into fashion but in order to do that she needs to be a little bit uh closer to downtown Manhattan where she can you know I, I guess apply for more jobs down there uh to be local that didn't really make too much sense but whatever um and she needed to get an apartment but couldn't get an apartment and so usnavi helps her get a co-signer on a lease uh that's that's like that uh there's one character who comes back from her first semester at Stanford And was feeling as though she wasn't fitting in and uh, she felt like she was putting her father's financial future at stake by doing this and was missing a lot of uh, her culture from it. And um, after like one or two song numbers, she's like, all right, I'll go back. Um, And and none of it was – you don't get much deeper than what I just gave you.
1: It, yeah,
0: really, that like what I just described y- is exactly how it will play out, as little as I described it. Um, and then that, that yeah, that's it. The, the, there's brief passing mentions of people leaving the town. The uh, local hairdresser is going um, into the Bronx, and she has like a small impromptu going away party. And honestly, nothing's actually even made out of that in any significance outside of the dance party that she has that sends her uh, before she, she goes off to. Just the Bronx, which for anyone unfamiliar with New York geography is literally just across the water from Washington Heights. Um, so not very far. Uh, it's it's an odd assortment of stories that really don't ever amount to too much. The idea of this uh, grand maternal figure passing away sparks some Uh, forward momentum in some plot points but really doesn't hit home in any impactful way uh and there's a lot of like little things like that kind of strewn in where it's like I see what you're going for here but I'm not sure it's working on me Um, the entirety
1: of this film exists at the surface level
0: very much so um additionally I think this is horribly directed um I think a lot of the choices that John Chu made are bad. The use of special effects seemingly at random. <laughs> like so they would really come was. out they would come they like when they're going home from the pool or going to the pool I forget which part it was and they're like you know making shapes with their hands and those shapes are appearing as you know like white uh, lines lightsaber. And, yeah. yeah up to that what? point like Kelly Kelly looked at each other and we're like was there this the whole time and we missed it and it's like no and little things like that would just kind of come about there's a scene there's a, a love song where the couple steps out onto the um fire escape and then starts walking on the side of the building and mm-hmm. I was listening to the lyrics at that point to see if it would make sense and it, it didn't um and obviously you can explain it away by saying you know the power of love takes them wherever it takes them and that's the lazy and yeah, I mean, it's 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 it it very much so seemed as though a lot of the decisions that were made, obviously, we're talking specifically special effects, but also just with um, how they decided to go about framing the story. I think were just made like a fuck it, let's do that. And wow, is that not the way to make a movie?
1: Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I mean, I have nothing constructive to add here. I can't say I was ever actually like. What's the term for it? um invested, yeah, I was never invested. my attention was never entirely held by this film. Um, it was just something that's like, all right, this is what it is. I know I'm not gonna love it. I probably am not gonna like it, but I don't wanna you know put that out there and kind of force myself into feeling that way, and it was like, all right the music's not bad. I'm listening to it. I'm enjoying it. I could see why people like this. This is fine. Okay. We're not really talking about anything here. And all right, well, this is a movie. I'm watching it and it's over time to move on with my life.
0: Yeah. And it's a shame because they touch on some interesting topics. You know, they touch on the whole, uh, how illegal immigration or being an illegal immigrant can affect, um, your future trajectory within the country. And once it touches on that, it does not come up again. Nope. And it's a shame because there's a lot of very interesting conversations, very real problems that do not get full attention. Um, not that I have anything to say about it, but this film has also been criticized recently after it came out uh, due to a lack of representation for the Afro-Latina population in um, in the casting, uh, which is, not something I would have noticed if not pointed out to me, but it is also true. Uh, this for a film that takes place one in Washington Heights and two about Dominicans. It is very odd that there is not a greater Afro Latina Afro latinx populace within the cast. But, uh, again, I don't have anything too much to say about outside of that. Um, I will also say that, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda needs to stop acting and never sing again. Um, Uh, After seeing his part in Hamilton and seeing him in this, he is unbearable and he must be stopped. It's like uh, he's doing the Quentin Tarantino thing in here where it's like, I have a bit part. There's some lines and you remember it Um, Mm -hmm. and it's bad. But when Quentin Tarantino does it, uh, he Mm. doesn't sing.
1: (laughs) He doesn't sing and he genuinely can acknowledge what he comes across as and, and who he is and knows how to play that up for the character
0: yeah lynn you you have to stop it's so incredibly bad oh my god uh, i i every like, time he was on screen it, it, it was just not good
1: i couldn't even tell you who the character was it was just such a uh, the
0: guy selling ices, the frozen yep. ice
1: yep. there you go
0: yeah uh, very
1: not noticeable if you are not invested in this film
0: um, I feel like I had something else to say, but also, whoo boy, does it not matter? Um, So I guess we'll move into finale ratings and reviews. Uh, Oh, my last comment was that Dasha Polanco needed to have more to do in this film. I love her. She's the best part of this. And they did not give her nearly enough to do. Um, uh, who? So, you know, the two women that hung out with the uh, hairdresser, the one girl mm-hmm. from Brooklyn 99 and the other girl. Yep. Mm hmm not the The other one yeah
1: Yep, i agree it was funny that seemed to be like all of the cameos all together at once yeah just that that group of women just in that hairdressing salon
0: i was actually super hyped for dasha polanco and then she like had almost nothing to do and it was a real shame but whatever um all right so anyway moving on to final ratings reviews Uh, look if you're a fan of musical theater then I think this is basically a must watch Because it's one of the biggest things That's going to come out within the genre uh, This year for sure And maybe for a little bit Because it had been uh, The thing that launched Lin-Manuel Miranda's career uh, Being his first Broadway play Before uh, Hamilton um, And it's a big budget production However, I don't think that necessarily means anything It's it's, it's not very good I don't think it's going to hold up well at all mm-hmm. Um which is a shame. Again, this is a movie that like I picked because I very much so wanted to watch it, um, and it was cool seeing you know some stuff that you recognize. Obviously, uh, there's a, a clothing brand that is um, in the Bronx and Washington Heights, largely uh, Peralta Project, that has several articles of clothing brought up here. Um, stuff that I have in my closet is in this movie, it's, which is really cool. And I've like talked to Tony a little bit. He's a really nice guy, um, but. You know, there's only so much that that type of stuff I think carries it. And I don't think it carries it all the way. It's not a horrible movie. I just had, I guess my hopes built up a little bit more. So I'll give it. Fuck. Um, I'll give it a two and a half right down the middle of the road. Uh, this is not bad, but I also don't think I'd recommend this. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'll give it a. I'll give it a. T- i'll give it a two and a half that's fitting
0: yeah this is a movie that exists
1: it's by all means enjoyable if you're into it but it's not exactly the most well-made or it's whatever i'll give it a two uh i don't want to give it a two and a half
0: sure thing buddy fair enough yeah uh we have moved through these very quickly uh, yep. <laughs> which is fine, man. We're not here to stretch it out to an hour. We're here to talk. The to talk we gotta talk. Uh, Corwin Heller, uh, what is your pick for next week?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with one that uh, is really just fitting in both of our lives, and I think we'll be able to talk a, a fair amount about just uh, as far as relatability goes. Uh, I'm gonna go with Office Space.
0: Oh my God, that'll be a fun one. Right on, right on, right on. Office space. Cool, cool, cool. All right, um, I'm gonna get back into the bag of classics uh, as I keep working through some more of these. Um, and I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna pick a Hitchcock movie. Uh, one that I have not watched in quite some time mm. because even though it's probably one of his better films, it's not one of the most Hitchcocky of his films. So it doesn't often get top billing in what to watch if you're watching Hitchcock, and I'm going to go with 1940s Rebecca.
1: Uh, okay, nice.
0: Yeah, so that's the that's the that's the deal, folks. We got uh, 1940s Rebecca and 1999's Office Space. Check them out uh, before next week's show. If you want to follow show on twitter you can do so at juice uh, big screen juice we never post from there so if you want to follow corn on twitter you can do so at corwin heller if you want to follow me on twitter you can do so at joshua d tracy and if you'd like to send us emails to complain or whatever you can do so at uh juice the big screen at gmail.com and until next tuesday y'all have a good one
1: Bye.